0: You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network.
1: Have your tickets out. Next stop, Erectile Junction. What was that? function?
2: Yes, sir. Hate. Hate is a strong, strong word. It is. And that is why I use it here tonight. I hate that men, as they get older, have a hard time performing the way that they had grown accustomed to. Well, now, there's Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue, Chew.com. BlueChew.com brings you the first ever chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. So
1: before we get to erectile funct- uh, junction, uh, what do you want to
2: tell these people? Well, a lot of people think that Blue Chew is just for people suffering from ED, right? Wrong. It's for people who want to get back to being their best.
1: We got about 30 seconds before we get to erectile junction,
2: function, junction, sir. Yeah, you seem to be uh, screwing that up a lot there. You should really know where you're going.
1: Well, that's uh, there are a lot of people here going to erectile
2: uh Hopefully, on their way through there will be uh, some way for them to get Blue Chew. Oh, I know a way. They could go to BlueChew.com, and they could use our very special offer that we have. If you use the promo code BILL, that's B-I-L-L, you can get your first shipment absolutely free. Wait! You're Josh Chernoff. Bill is the after-chat
1: guy, and you're riding my train to Erectile Forest.
2: Junction. Oh, I'm just I'm going to the next one. I'm just riding to let everybody else know about it But the important thing is that you use that promo code and you only have to pay five dollars shipping Conductor man That's it and you will get your first shipment Absolutely free now if you're thinking to yourself I'm gonna have to go to the doctor and I'm gonna have to stand in line at a pharmacy. Nope. All you have to do is go online, fill out a little thing, and boom, just like that, they're going to send a package to your door discreetly. It's nobody's business what's going on. It's your business about how you can get down to business, and you can get down to business with Bluetooth.
1: Hold on a minute. Erectile Funk Junction. God, there's a lot of guys getting off here.
2: Oh, that's a little inappropriate. Hey, Josh, it's me, Bill.
1: Hey, Bill. Yeah, I did. We're going to the next stop, but I. you know what? I want to thank all the after chatters for supporting our sponsor, Blue Chew. Yes. And if Blue Chew is right for you, tell them one more time how they can get it, Josh. They
2: can go to BlueChew.com. That's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com. And they can use the promo code Bill. That's my name. Yep. And you will get your first shipment absolutely free. Blue Chew is the better, faster, cheaper alternative. And we thank them for sponsoring. The After Chat. We
1: certainly do, and it's time now for us to get off this train. We've got a show
2: to tape. Yeah, I couldn't help but notice that you came on at that last stop. Welcome to the After Chat. I'm Josh Chernoff, and I am joined by the eyes of a generation, Mr. Bill After. Well,
1: that's very good, but wouldn't that be. The voice of a generation. If we're podcasting, and yeah. Well, I it. guess
2: you're a voice of this generation. You were the eyes of a generation that grew up looking at all of the uh, the photographs that you took.
1: Photographs I took, uh, uh, columns that I wrote. Yeah. Uh, my uh, bold spot really... from the back <laughs> of my head. I was
2: really focused on just the uh, just the photographs you took.
1: Yeah, but the bold spot from the back of my head that people used to yell when they were sitting in the first ten rows of
2: ringside. Hey after get down oh. we can't see was the light reflecting off of you off of, and yes right off into of their you. eyes well welcome everybody again to the after chat uh special occasion this is a big episode for us we yeah. we made it ten episodes
1: yes and by the way I want to thank Bluetooth for sponsoring us of course I want to thank smart hold yes for sponsoring us um I want to thank uh, several of the other companies mm-hmm. who sponsored our early shows we really appreciate it but most of all we couldn't be here without the apt chatters yes
2: absolutely thank you guys so much and girls for uh you for it. your continued support uh of our show we really appreciate it we love hearing from you um and by the way
1: please uh take care of our sponsors
2: yes yeah, and, and especially with Bluetooth, take care of our sponsors, take care of yourself. Bluetooth.com. Yeah, yeah, but promo but what bill. I'm
1: saying is uh, these sponsors help keep us on the pod waves. Yes. And we would really appreciate uh, you patronizing their
2: products. Yeah, not patronizing because that would be offensive. I said patron. I know. Oh,
1: no, I'm just clarifying. I did. And also another special occasion, two more special occasions. This marks mm-hmm. during October... Yes. ...the third year anniversary of my book is Wrestling Fixed. I didn't know it was broken. Ah, you never will, Josh. But thank you <laughs> to all the people who have purchased my book or the audio book. And uh, everyone that follows me on both Twitter and on Facebook... See, can see that I put up another picture every night during mm-hmm. the month of October of where the book has been.
2: Yes, yeah. uh, this most it's recent one that books. I saw, I believe, was uh, was with Bret Hart and Danny Davis. Was it? And was uh, Jim, Jimmy Hart the in mouth there? of the, yeah.
1: Jimmy Hart, baby, baby? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy
2: Hart. And speaking
1: about Jimmy Hart, uh, yeah. his best friend decided to. Uh, dropped by here today at the after chat down here at yes. Jimmy Outlay. Hart's friend John they
2: went to third yes, grade yes is together. that they who it was a, yeah. they sat next to each other yeah but
1: we can reveal of course that yeah. that the original guy who had three initials although the other guy had him around the same time too didn't he uh yeah possibly yeah. even triple before. h hunter Hearst. Helmsley. Is
2: not our we should say is not our guest. Right. Uh, if you were just listening, to this going. Whoa. Wait a minute. What? There was a change of plans. But uh, no, he's Hollywood, been begging to come on, and we just won't let him. Yes.
1: Yes. We, we don't have time at this yeah. point. But Hollywood Hulk Hogan, not Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was on the show two times. Yes. But today to promote an event in Orlando, Florida, on October twenty seventh, you can go to www. Hulk Hogan.com. I you hate should probably
2: put www.hulkhogan.com. Yeah, but
1: I hate when people, and you just did it, when www. <clears throat> it's www.
2: If people can't decipher www to be www, but it's by Broadcasting.
1: Now. It's broadcasting, Josh. What, what kind of uh, w- broadcasting w- professional w- do you think I am here? I, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's why I brought that up. But, yeah, he will be uh, talking about this great special event, and N- NWO. Reunion. Yeah. Yes. And, I'm psyched. I want to be
2: there. And we thought, you know, since this is our 10th show, and uh, I think we're the first podcast in the history of podcasting to have such a giant celebration for our 10th episode. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we thought, just like WrestleMania, WrestleMania 1 was in Madison Square Garden. They went back for WrestleMania 10. So we thought, what was our first guest, Hulk Hogan? So how about our uh, our second guest, Hulk Hogan? So why not for the 10th one? We're going to get his counterpart, the heel version, if you will. The bad guy version. Well, not the bad guy. That would be Scott Hall. But we got Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and we're going to have that interview a little bit later for you. We talk NWO, and again, we talk all about the NWO reunion that is— How do you know all this? I'm— what do you think? I'm a I'm a broadcast journalist. That's correct. Okay, oh, I have no business. No, but we that.
1: we taped him probably what a half hour before uh, we're doing the um, what yeah. we call the wraparound. Yeah, yeah. So well, let me do the wraparound. Like we got Hulk Hogan coming on soon. His name is Hollywood. And that, okay, that's my wrap.
2: Yeah. No, I just got a. Wrap-around. I'm sorry, I just got a notification that all of our viewers dropped. Um, <laughs> viewers and listeners. Oh, well, maybe that's why they dropped. They kept waiting for uh, something to show up on their screen. Um, what else do we have? I don't know what I'm talking about here.
1: Well, obviously- I had a
2: whole plan of what I was going to do, of how I was going to lay out the 10th episode and the anniversary of this, yeah. the anniversary of that, and just-
1: Yeah, but I totally threw you off. Yeah, you did. And today we are, <laughs> instead of taping in- um,
2: That's what's throwing me off. Right, but yeah. instead
1: of taping in uh, Joshua's uh, st- After Chat studio yeah. today- for episode ten, we are back down at Aptor's Alley.
2: Yes, here yeah. we are. And you know what's really cool about this? Uh, we, you know, I've talked about this. I've been on a couple of uh, podcasts, and I was just recently talking about Aptor's Alley on uh, uh, Completely Damaged Radio on the Cameron uh, Hall. Yeah, Montgomery yeah. County Community College Radio uh, Montco. Montco. Yeah. Uh, they have a great show there. Um, tweeted that out. But uh, one of the things we were talking about was what an awesome place Apters Alley is, and uh, you know I'm sitting here in a in a different wing of Apters Alley because we've got the uh, we've got the video studio yeah. over that's that's through the door behind me. But here, what we have is the whole audio studio.
1: Well, video too, actually, because if you look behind you, there is a uh, a machine that takes old VHS tapes and. Makes them into digital files. Ah, well, there yeah. you go. so a lot of a uh, lot of the uh, digitizing goes on here at After's Alley every night. You know what else I want to talk about though, because this is our tenth episode. Yes. Right. So we have to have a celebration in person. We need to meet App to Chatters. We need people to it. come over. So I have decided that this coming Saturday, mm-hmm. I believe it's October thirteenth. Yes. This Saturday, that you and I are going on a road trip. Okay. We are going to the longest-running pro wrestling convention anywhere, Legends of the Ring, in Ron road Township, New Jersey, at the Ramada Inn. The Bullet Club will be there. Yes. The Tessa Blanchard will be there. Yes. From A lot of other people from Impact Wrestling will be there.
2: A lot of legends are going to be yeah, there. Yeah. By
1: the way, they're in town because on Sunday— Bound for Glory takes place yeah. in New York. and who's yes. going to be there? Uh, everybody in the ro- on the roster of Impact Wrestling. Yes, and you will be there with our tech
2: guy. Yes, our Calvin live event tech guy. Yeah, Calvin. Yeah, Calvin. Uh, yeah, we uh, we will be there at Bound for Glory. But Very much looking forward I, to that. I want to make
1: sure that you after chatters come up. Uh, I'll have my books for sale. We'll have some. Uh, uh, you people come up for photo ops if you mm-hmm. like or if you want to just chat about uh the after chat uh we would love to hear your reaction yeah. so come We'd over and tell us you. come over and tell us that you uh you heard that we'll be there on the after chat and I'll have a very special gift for you oh yeah you didn't know it's about almost, that. I just threw that in. It's was threatening, yeah.
2: No, that we're really looking forward to that, uh, Legends of the Ring, and being there and being able to meet all of you or some of you. I, I, don't, I don't think all of you are going to show up. Um, but do you
1: think our line will outdraw the Bullet Club?
2: Uh, it depends. If you, can, if you consider outdrawing, meaning we have more people in line, then no. But if you have some other way to, uh, to consider that, then we have a possibility. Okay, well, the podcast is growing.
1: So is. once again, I really want to thank all the people that have become apt to chatters.
2: Yeah, and you know what? And and I want to thank them for the reviews that they've left on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, most specifically, so we had a, a, a review on iTunes that that uh, we mentioned last week that was um, uh, how can I word this? It was a little. They were upset with you. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't care for my. Um, disrespecting right, my disrespecting you. me but bill uh you cleared that up and explained to everybody yeah. what our relationship is here and what a and, rotten
1: kid you are yeah,
2: exactly and uh but no so the the guy who had written that message actually went on to uh to update his review gave us five stars um, even acknowledge that he, when I talked about, uh, my opinion, holding it in high regard that he found that amusing. And I just want to say to him, uh, that's awesome. You're awesome for doing that. Thank you for, uh, for being open-minded to what we were saying and thank you for giving the show and giving me more importantly, a, uh, a second chance, um, to entertain you and thank you for all the kind words and the review. Um, we really appreciate that. Now, I have something else that I want to talk about uh, for the After Chatters. Well, we, are, we are running for a very special offer here. We have t-shirts over at, if you go to theafterchat.com, you click on merch. I love that word. I know you do. That's why the our website dice says merch. The Yeah, the chin dice part. <laughs> well, wouldn't it wouldn't be indice. You like merch. merch. Indice. Indice, yes. yeah. You have no... I put the chin in there. Yeah, you have no... <laughs> You have no time for the
1: switching
2: uh switching music. There you go. Uh so if you go to the afterchat.com and you click on the merch there, it'll take you right to the Pro Wrestling Tees page, which we have a number of shirts on there. There are actually six shirts on there, but there are four AfterChat shirts. Yes. We have the After Chat logo t-shirt. We have the uh, is wrestling fixed I didn't know it was broken t-shirt we have the cow championship office wrestling t-shirt I'm still the champion by the way and of course our number one top seller respect the comb over so here's what we're gonna do All right, and Bill doesn't even know anything about this I'm putting putting him on the spot if you buy between now and the end of October so that's October 31st is your last day to do this Halloween Okay. (laughs) yes that was frightening if you buy any one of those after chat shirts, Bill Aptor is going to call you.
1: That's a, what am, what am I supposed to call them? You can An call after them whatever. Chatter?
2: You should call them by their name probably at first, okay. and then no. from there you can say anything. Bill After will call you. Uh, if you buy all four shirts, yeah. Yeah. then we're gonna call you on the after chat. That's great. Yes. Yeah. So one shirt you get a call from the legendary Bill Aptor. Four shirts, you get a call from the legendary Bill Apter on his podcast, and I'll be there too. But So, you know. yeah,
1: but we and we may wind up using that segment on the show.
2: No, no, we will 100% use that segment on the show. Okay,
1: See, so we're making up the rules as
2: we go uh-huh. along.
1: So that's it. Go to theapterchat.com, click on merch, moich, mm-hmm. depending on where you're from, and uh, yeah, get in on the action. You know what? What? It's time for one of my favorite
2: segments of this show it's also your favorite wrestling hold it is it's
1: no figure four it's not headlock. i was trying to lead you into something here come on it's headlock on headlines
2: all right headlock on headlines what have we got going on today i've
1: got a headline that's really bothering me
2: yeah what's that the bellas turn
1: bad
2: oh i
1: cannot you know what what my son Brandon, who's not yeah. a big fan of the distaff, end uh, of pro wrestling, he's he's not a fan of women wrestling. Yeah, he's also
2: not a fan of you promoting Blue Chew.
1: That's true. Uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> another time. However, however, the beating down by the Bella Twins on Ronda Rousey was fairly incredible mm-hmm. on Monday night. It was almost super believable. It was very tight. When they were dragging her by her hair, the way they tossed her into the uh, into the steps, In the steps and the turnbuckles. Yeah. It was that vicious. Was, it was. It really was. And even Brandon said that was uh, that was pretty cool. But it was one of those pro wrestling moments mm-hmm. that it was like holy.
2: Beep. crap yeah. yeah it really was <laughs> it was it was it was a it was i i liked it um i did too i was happy to see that that happen. and you know what i think it's also embracing the fact that the crowd has been very critical of the bellas since they've come back and you if you want to get the reaction that, that you know go with the crowd sometimes oh, go yeah. with what they're doing and i think that the bellas uh are going to really excel in this position i do
1: too and they proved that they're tough enough because to do that to Ronda Rousey
3: mm-hmm.
1: was just no one thought that the Bellas had you know they, they're they're total divas they're yeah you know going out shopping and all this but they kicked her ass yeah yeah they and really, nobody they really and
2: because did. they go shopping nobody expected that yeah, really. <laughs> at all now no, the other no t- I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it was, was just, uh, it, it definitely was showed a side of them that people maybe didn't expect. It showed
1: point. that they have evolved. Yes, going toward evolution. Of I course, see what you did yeah. there.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, so something else. So there was obviously the Super Showdown pay per view event, uh, network special, if you will, that uh, took place in Australia, and I was wow. I was I was. We're going to get to that show in a second. Uh, but I, what I, what one of the things, I was all prepared to come in here. I had this this great line where I was just going to say um, that I loved what the WWE did on that show with Baron Corbin. And I wish they did oh, that every Monday night. Oh, we're back to Baron night. Corbin. Well, I just want to say, I loved what they did with him on Super Showdown. And I wish that they would do that with him every Tell single everyone Monday night.
1: Tell what they did with Baron Corbin in case somebody uh, was on Mars where they don't get uh, internet. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, internet. He wasn't on the show. Right. Um, so that was my joke. Okay. However, after this week's Monday Night Raw, I'm going to say something. And this is not just because I feel like maybe, you know, some people thought I was dumping on Baron Corbin a little you too You were. Much. I was one of them. Uh, yeah, I, I vaguely remember. I actually thought Baron Corbin did a good job. He did a great job. Uh, you on know Raw. what? I got
1: such a kick out of that whole mm-hmm. mixture. And I didn't know that was Kurt, the Conquistador was Kurt Angle until he picked him up in one of yeah. Angle's signature moves. That was that was tremendous. I would have actually right. liked the Conquistador. Conquistador. Yes, Conquistador. I say. Okay. To do that for a few more weeks, like Dusty Rhodes used to do with the Midnight Never Rider yeah. when he lifted up the mask. <laughs> and I think when when is that? That show's coming up in November. So they did have time that they could milk the, this the crown with, jewel with Kurt Angle. Yeah. you know, pulling the mask up like. Uh,
2: I think at this point it was kind of cats out of the bag and I think I, I think it was a one night thing but it yeah. was it was a lot of fun. It was great. Um, did you
1: know it was him right away?
2: Not Uh by the time he got out of the ring, I I, I had figured You it thought out. so. Well, he stands a certain way. Yeah, but he didn't you know? sta- he
1: didn't have that uh, body he language. He did great. Though, what about his
2: his flip forward into a roll? Yeah, oh, that, that was, was fabulous. Yeah, he did great. That was Kurt Angle prime um, move. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic at that. But, uh, but no, with Baron Corbin, I thought that it, the least I could do was dedicate half the amount of time to talking about something positive about Baron Corbin as I have, have about it. something negative. Let's have it. So first I want to say to Baron Corbin, um, thank you for listening to the after chat and taking to heart what it is that I said How last you, week.
1: We have no clue if he listened to the after chat.
2: Well, I, I would just have to assume
1: Okay, so you know what assume means. I'm not going to go into that whole cliche, but yeah, no. we, we do not have we do not have the um, uh, the the proof right. that he has uh, listened. Do we have to the proof the that he didn't? Uh, we do not have either one. Well, there we go. So this is an assumption. It's all on speculation.
2: Your point. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, um, I I think that. The role he was put in. And that was, again, what I tried to explain last week was it wasn't about him. It was about the role he was being put in. Yeah. And I thought that the the delivery and the and everything that he was doing this past week on Raw, it worked. It did. Yeah. It really did. But and, I didn't uh, see
1: much of a difference from what he had done
2: before. Uh, okay. You're looking at him in a different light. So even if I'm telling you that I like Baron Corbin, he did a good job. No, I'm he did still, great. He did great. Uh, and look at look no, at Baron how many, Corbin does a great job. Many, oh, I agree, Bill. Oh, but I thought he always did. How, good. I did, but how many guys <laughs> did he
1: eliminate in that battle royal? That was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and they were definitely top superstars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if top superstars of what uh, company, but uh, so.
2: Another huge thing. Wait, wait, wait. Before you move on here, my turn. Okay. No, I'm sorry. We'll continue
1: about uh, Baron Corbin. That great move that uh, uh, Kevin Owens did on Monday night. Yeah. The
2: flip over the top rope. Yeah. That
1: was the best flip over the top rope I've seen in a long time. He is just so amazing. Do
2: you think, as most people are speculating, um, along with the fact that Baron Corbin listens to the after chat, uh, do you think... That Kevin Owens is now a face, and Bobby Lashley is now a heel.
1: Okay. uh, Good guy, bad guy? So here's the story. so
2: face means good guy. No, I know what they mean. I
1: I talk back in old magazine terms. So uh, Bobby Lashley is a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he and Leo Rush together— uh, are better in the bad guy role than they are I in agree. the good girl uh leo rush annoyed the hell out of me on monday night yeah. grabbing the microphone this is bobby lashley this <laughs> is yeah, he, he sounded like almost like teddy long like a, uh, a
2: yeah you know what it was i actually annoying. I, I thought it was good in the sense that it got the heat that they were looking for they were i, I think it was making it very very clear the direction they were going in and yeah. i think that was their intention but what i found was it it really actually took away from the match because the commentators kept having to uh hang back and cut out so that they could allow leo rush to speak and i'm not blaming leo rush i think it was just it didn't work out the way that maybe on paper they yeah, thought but they, it would i think
1: it was just supposed to be irritating to the fans And the broadcasters.
2: Right. But what I'm saying is I think without having the broadcasters being able to focus on the match, I thought there were a lot of spots that went on that were really impressive, which normally would have had a lot of emphasis from the broadcast team and didn't because they were cut out because they were waiting for Leo Rush to say something.
1: Well, they were also waiting for the possible uh, reaction from everybody that uh, Bobby Lashley has now turned bad guy. Okay. Yeah, I thought, but that move that uh, Kevin, I I think Kevin Owens has got uh, a renewed mm-hmm. vigor in him.
2: I think him. I think he could fit the good guy uh, spot really well, uh, as that kind of just tough guy, uh, you know. And he's been doing the Stone Cold Stunner.
1: Oh Lately. yeah! No, no. He he's, he's um, like at the
2: the new. Type well, he kind of kinda has that that blue collar, yeah. you know, kind of just I'm a tough guy. I'm not here to not that you know, I mean Steve Austin was, and doesn't was, take any crap from anybody. Yeah, Steve Austin yeah. obviously was built like a, you know. Uh, uh, a house he was you right, know right. he was uh, incredibly muscular and well and, kevin's and built
1: like a beer house yeah he's built yeah. like a different type of house <laughs> no, um, no disrespect
2: no but to him. you know, but but at the same time that allows him to have that that every man yeah feel so and does uh, this i think he mean... could be a
1: great does this mean the return of Sammy Zayn now? And then,
2: yeah, I don't know what what is as, uh, as, as a
1: bad guy and Kevin Owens is the good guy, and we get to see a whole new series. They, I mean, they, they had an amazing series. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that would work
2: with that, and I don't know when he's coming back because he was injured.
1: When he does, or if he does, mm-hmm. my, I always wanted to see him as a bad guy and someone who, like old school wrestling angle, he becomes a maniac and they call him Sammy Insane. What do you think?
2: I I wouldn't like be surprised if, if next week uh, we find out that you're now working for WWE Creative. No.
1: Unconditionally, no. <laughs>
2: so uh, would you if WWE if you were contacted and they said, Bill, we need somebody with a little bit more. Um, well, I mean, you know, with, with all the storytelling that you guys did in the magazines, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's not out of out of the question to think that you would have. Uh, Some good ideas, you know. Um, If the WWE were to come to you and say, hey, you know, we want a little more old school. We want something like that. Would you be on the creative team? Would you? Oh,
1: sure. We'd love to do that. As long as my wife lets me (laughs) go. Yes, (laughs) definitely. Who'll take care of my dog? Yeah. No, but. uh, Dog can come with like uh, Sean Waltman. See, now, wait a minute. Stop. Okay. Hammer time. When we moved here from New York. Yes. Somebody told us they're going to the mall and they said, we're going to the mall. Do you want to come with? I said, wait a minute. I'm a New Yorker. It's mm-hmm. I'm going to the mall. Do you want to come with me?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: why do you guys end in a preposition here in Pennsylvania?
2: So in Pennsylvania versus New York, we we can understand based on cues. And we know – before you don't have to complete the entire sentence for us to understand your intention. Okay. Whereas so- in New York – uh, a lot of New Yorkers from what you're saying at least this isn't my opinion but I would surmise that a lot of New Yorkers need the entire sentence drawn out
1: for no, them no, no, it's just us
2: here in Pennsylvania you can just kind of say one or two words it's most of the time you can just kind of blend those words together either. okay so
1: you know what I'm going to say uh... that okay so you understand what I'm saying next headline what do you got
2: oh I don't know I don't know why we do well, that well Bound That's for a... <laughs> Glory is coming yes, up yes Bound for Glory is at the up.
1: Melrose Ballroom yeah and um uh, 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 why don't we do a a quick pick? Okay. All right. So you, tell you what, you go down the card Mm -hmm. and let's uh, do some quick picks. Bound
2: for glory. Bound for glory. At the
1: Melrose Ballroom in Astoria, Queens. Right in the area I grew
2: up. Nice. Um, Where they would ask you if you would like to come with them to the wrestling match. By the way,
1: both of us really, and I think Josh will agree, we both love... New York and Pennsylvania, but I just Of course. It, it always drove me crazy crazy when people would end
2: So I'm I'm taking here's an interesting thing about how, you know, there's a chance that off of everything we just said there that I could have offended somebody from New York and that they would be you know, the way uh-huh. I said that. Yeah. There is no chance that you would have offended anyone from Pennsylvania. Now if roles were reversed and I had said that thing about how people speak in Pennsylvania I would have offended people in Pennsylvania. Right. And no one in New sound, York would have been offended right, by because you. you
1: have you have this tone about you. Yes, times. we talked about that. Yeah. Yes. But sure. seriously, please don't take any offense at No, uh, we're just and Josh, I think yeah. and I think
2: that the after chatters at this point, they know we're just joking around. We yeah, we have no yeah. negative feelings on anyone except right, so for let,
1: let's, uh, Baron Corbin. uh you're going to uh, you're going to go to Bound for Glory with Calvin, our tech guy, but yes. I'm not gonna come with. Okay, let's go.
2: Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. I'm glad we established the, that ma- again. the matches. Um, all right. Uh, Matt Seidel and Ethan Page versus Rich Swan. And to be determined. Oh,
1: I thought that was another wrestler,
2: TBA. TBA. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm a big uh, proponent of Matt Seidel. Uh, I also like Rich Swan, and mm-hmm. I know that was who your final match was yes. against. But I'm going to pick. Uh, Matt Seidel, and Ethan Page to win that one.
2: Uh, I am going to also go with Matt Seidel and Ethan Page. Reason being, if I could beat Rich Swann, they can.
1: Okay. Very cool. (laughs) So, uh,
2: Tessa Blanchard, who is the uh, Impact Knockouts champion, uh, she will be defending her championship against Taya Valkyrie.
1: I love saying Taya Valkyrie. Do you do too Valkyrie Valkyrie it's an old song I don't think I, <laughs> I, don't think I enjoy it no, no. as much as it's you do very think. easy yeah. for me to pick this one uh, Tessa Blanchard as young as she is mm-hmm. is at the top of her game
2: yeah well I mean you look at where she came from you know uh, both her her father and her stepfather, stepfather yeah you know, then, him ta yes. I have to
1: say that like Nikita yeah,
2: and course, Tully Blanchard yeah. Tolly Blanchard yeah so I mean it's 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 you know you talk about nurture versus nature she's got nurture and nature yeah but I just see her, this so. matchup
1: I'm familiar with the style of both of them mm-hmm. and Tessa has got the style to beat um
2: to beat her I agree I'm gonna agree with you on okay. that one as well uh Eddie Edwards goes up against moose. Moose is really gone
1: mad. Mm-hmm. Moose gone wild, a new show. Um mm. I'm picking Eddie Edwards uh to lose that match to Moose. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh and I What am, made you laugh about it? Because that? you I'm picking Eddie Edwards to lose. Correct. Uh okay, well I am picking Moose to win. Okay. As I am. Yeah, so we're agreeing there. We're just saying it. It's completely See, it's exactly the we're same thing as if I asked or you or to Dr. go to Sally. the mall if I asked you to come with, we're saying the exact same thing, just in different ways. Can't we all just get along? Here? Okay. Anyway. All right. Ohio versus everything. And the, everything Dave Christ, Jake right? Christ, and Sammy Callahan versus, versus Brian Cage, Phoenix, and Pentagon Jr.
1: You know, Sammy Callahan is, and I said this about Tessa, he's at the top of his game. So I think Ohio versus everything. We'll take the nod and win that match. It's
2: also an OVE rules match. Well,
1: that makes it know. even more so.
2: Yeah. I uh, I also see them pulling out a victory. We're really agreeing on everything yeah. here. Uh, unless unless uh, Pentagon Jr. turns out to be Chris Jericho.
1: You know what? You're bringing us back to all In. I know. Yeah, that Wouldn't, was, that, be, wouldn't that, was that be my point? Wow.
2: Wow, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Ov is going to win. Don't think
1: maybe this will be more reason for people to watch. When I don't think I, I just think say things
2: and then I get hate mail sent to my Twitter at Sosa. So, sure so yes. I'm gonna try all right, let's think.
1: ignore your hate mail. Oh, we don't have enough time for all the hate mail. That oh, we get. Hey,
2: now, come on. I, g- I also get a lot of a uh, lot of love on Twitter.
1: There will be an Impact Championship match with Johnny Impact as the challenger against the champion. Austin Aries. Who do you have? The champion will retain
2: the title. Johnny Impact is winning the championship. Why do you say that? Well, I just think it's time. I think it's time for him. Do
1: you really? And I think uh, Aries is so cocky and convinced he's not going to let himself loose.
2: All right. Yeah. And the final match. Yes, the Latin American exchange. Santana, Ortiz, and Conan versus the OGs, Hernandez, Homicide, and King. I got the
1: OGs on this one. It's a
2: concrete jungle death match. Yeah,
1: that's going to be wild. It's going to be all over Astoria.
2: Yeah, uh, I am going with the OGs on that one. As
1: as am I. So
2: we agreed with almost everything here. Uh, Only Austin Aries and and Johnny Impact, I believe, is the match that we didn't agree with. So uh,
1: again, Josh and uh, Mr. Tech. Calvin will be Mm -hmm. at Bound for Glory. I'll be on another assignment that night.
2: If you um, see us and you recognize us because our pictures are online, uh, please come over and say hello. Yeah, be an after-chatter. Now, since we just did a uh, preview... A quickie-picky. A quickie-picky for Bound for Glory, uh, how about we do a quickie recap of Super Showdown and what happened on Monday. So Super Showdown, specifically the main event. Uh, You had Triple H with Shawn Michaels in his corner versus The Undertaker with Kane in his corner. Uh, Right off the bat, I want to know, what did you think, Bill, of that match? Oh, I I think
1: for the uh, way that both Triple H and Sean have been away from the ring for such a long time. Triple H and Undertaker.
2: Undertaker. Oh, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, no, Triple H and Sean were away from the ring for such a long time, as was Undertaker. And Kane has been... Uh, he's been out for a while too, I be think. A desk. Yeah, I think the four of them put in a fairly incredible showing, where people just thought, "Oh, these are three or mm-hmm. four older guys. It'll be cool. They'll carry each other." They did really well. The Undertaker and Triple H. There, when they were in there alone, mm-hmm. what I I was watching that going like. This they were is really awesome. hard. Yeah, they really, really were. And the ending, how duped we were. This was so good. Mm-hmm. When Triple H went to congratulate and lift uh, Undertaker up uh, as he was down in the corner after Undertaker lost that match, mm-hmm. and then the four of them standing there with the curtain call yeah. at the end, I did not expect that Kane and The Undertaker were going to viciously viciously attack them mm-hmm. and i just the method um, w- w- the way they did it i talked about the bella twins how vicious they were yes with um ronda rousey the, this was equally if not even more they wiped out triple h and yeah. Shawn michaels
2: and so then of course the next night on raw Triple H and Shawn Michaels come to the ring. Triple H wearing the uh wearing his leather jacket. This yeah. was not corporate oh, great. Triple H. Yeah. Uh and it is now official. Shawn Michaels is coming out of retirement for the first time in eight years. Yeah. He's coming out of retirement where DX will reunite to face the brothers of destruction at WWE Crown Jewel.
1: Yeah, I cannot wait to see that because mm-hmm. I'm uh Somebody made a comment they said look they got to bring these guys back and they got to bring Lita back and they've got to bring Trish Stratus back mm-hmm. to get the fans reinvolved. I think this is good for this time because yeah. it's bringing back fans that were fans of that particular era. Yeah.
2: And you know and, and if there's you look nothing back, wrong with it. No, cuz if you look back on the last 20 plus years of wrestling, that happened a lot. You did. You know, I think about when I was growing up and think of a guy like Roddy Piper. I didn't think of Roddy Piper. We'll talk like WrestleMania twelve, Roddy Piper and uh Gold Dust, the backlot brawl. A little Goldust imitation. There you go. <laughs> so we're just waiting for you to finish go ahead. that. Um so Roddy Piper and Gold Dust. Um at the time I'm watching this, I'm going hey, it's Roddy Piper. And I'm thinking, uh, oh, Roddy Piper from a few, you know, I remember when he was Intercontinental Champion against, you know, Bret Hart and everything. I didn't think of Roddy Piper as this old guy coming back. It was Roddy Piper coming back. right? But if you were a fan for a long time before that, you're looking at it going, man, I can't believe Piper's back. Piper, who was WrestleMania 1, was yeah, such a big part yeah. in uh, his, you know, uh, you can think back to Piper's pit it, with uh, Jimmy Superfly snuck a break yeah. in the coconut over his head. So I, I right, guess... Brother, right, brother. Never forget that. <laughs> so I guess my point is that it's all relative. It's all how you look at it. I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you think the younger audience is looking at this as like, oh, these old guys are coming back because the young guys can't get over? Or they're looking at it just going like, hey, we've got legends here too. Absolutely, that's what I
1: think they're doing.
2: if you get one person to watch your show because DX is on it, who go, oh God, I haven't watched wrestling in years, but I hear DX is coming back. Cool, I'll check it out. Well, you don't know. They might have never seen a uh, uh, Daniel Bryan. They might have never, you know, who knows the yeah. last time these people watched. And you know, you're you're getting an opportunity to expose the the prime guys on on your roster and and the girls on the roster by bringing back Trish and Lita and Well, that's what DX I was going to say.
1: DX came back and so did D-Sex because the uh if you really look at it back then in the Attitude era, mm-hmm. everything was kind of had sexual overtones. Yes. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to touch that
2: one. Dx yeah. and D-Sex, D-Sex, D-Sex Okay, <laughs> a new name for them. Hey, but, but if I, you need I, D-Sex to you, come back. I, I wanna, go to bluechew. Uh, use the promo code plug. Bill, and uh, it's not a free plug. They're a sponsor, That's so right. they, technically Trish, it's a paid for. Plug. Trish
1: looked great, and then the the pop that Lita got mm-hmm. coming out, and when they attacked their when they yeah. they they attacked uh, uh, their opponents uh, Alexa
2: Bliss and um, Mickey James, mm-hmm. did you see how sharp they were? Yeah. So here's here's another part of that. Um, you'd think, you know, a lot of people are going, okay, you've got these legends of Lita and Tristratus, these Hall of Famers, against, you know, the current roster of Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. But Mickey James, yes, yeah, she's part of the current roster. But fast forward or rewind, rather, a decade ago, or plus and she was wrestling Trish Stratus yeah, at WrestleMania yeah, like yeah. she you know you uh God, really a really deg- like I'm trying to think when that would have been was that WrestleMania 21?
1: I'm not really sure when it was but it was just uh it was an exciting time and Mickey James for uh she never stopped being in this business. If you stop No, she was in TNA get, and Yeah, you you get you get really rusty yeah. but she's she's kept up her in-ring but to,
2: activity. But to contradict yourself though, uh Lita and Trish Stratus did stop and and I don't think they were rusty at all looking well, at Well, I some think of those the,
1: Lita as you know is a fitness uh not Lita um Trish, Trish is yeah, yoga a, and, Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think I and, and I think she still probably works out on the wrestling end somehow we, I we don't know. know. Whatever she, it is. You know what might... though,
2: if you're if you keep if you're an athlete and you're training and you yeah. know like they are they're not going to skip a beat. And
1: leaders like that, too. So it was mm-hmm. a very exciting
2: yes. Monday Night Raw. I, I thought that it was, uh, you know, the ratings were up. Uh, it was now the third lowest rating in the history of the show. But the last two weeks, it kept going down. So now it's better than the last two weeks. It was This this show
1: um, was firing on all I pistons. I
2: thought this was an excellent Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Yeah.
1: Can you imagine what it was like, well, what it would have been like had there been a Monday Night Raw during the rock and wrestling era?
2: Yeah, that would have been, that would have been something else. You think about all the characters that were there. Uh, but, you know, you say rock and wrestling. Yeah, I did. And that makes me think of one of our sponsors. Who might that be? Well, that would be the Rock and Wrestling Podcast with Nick Newman. The Nick Newman. Not the... Not the. Nope. There are seven E's at the end of that word there. So I'm pretty sure it's the Nick Newman. Okay. The Rock and Wrestling Podcast features guests every week from independent wrestling, former wrestling stars, some of which were a part of the Rock and Wrestling era. Yeah. And stars from the rock and heavy metal world. Some of the guests on the show have included Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses, Flip Gordon, Conrad Thompson, Jim Florentine, Tony Schiavone, and many more, including... Yours truly, Josh Chernoff from the After Chat. And soon to be Bill Aptor from the After Chat, if we can ever get that thing scheduled.
1: Yeah, we will do that. And by the way, when you're talking about rock and wrestling, what a great podcast
2: that is. I listen to it. I just want to make sure that everybody knows, though, that it is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, and new episodes come out every Wednesday. You can follow them on social media. It's Twitter at Nick SRNW Podcast. Instagram, Rock and Wrestling Podcast. Facebook, Nick's Rock and Wrestling Podcast. We thank them so much for being sponsors. And yeah, it is a great show.
1: So we're talking about rock and wrestling. And I want to introduce what may become a new segment on the After Chat. I think it's
2: becoming a new segment right now.
3: Yeah.
1: So it's a new segment that, at least this week, deals with rock and wrestling. Yes. One of the innovators, one of the great characters, of course of rock and wrestling was the Captain Lewis Albano, brother. My imitation of Captain Lewis. Got it all. Ability, agility, guts maneuverability. Anyway That's pretty good. I, thank you. So I have a whole and you know he teamed up with Cindy Lauper and that was just Yes, uh, girls just wanna have fun. Yeah uh, that was so the music classic. video. Yeah, but um I have this library of hundreds of hours of old classic audio interviews that I did on my radio show in New York that was called Inside Wrestling, brought to you by the magazines for wrestling fans. I'm your host, Bill After, and now, Here's What's Happening, Baby. That was the name of my column.
2: That's Uh, fantastic. Yeah,
1: Here's What's Happening, Baby, and Names Making News. So a lot of those interviews, people have said to me, why don't you, they've heard them uh, on uh, OneWrestling.com, on Mm -hmm. the YouTube channel there. Uh, But they said, why haven't you incorporated this onto your current After Chat podcast? So I figured today, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the scripting of interviews. Yes. And I want to show you how great somebody can be unscripted. Uh, I was at Sunnyside Garden in Queens, New York, where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked Captain Lou Albano to give me about four minutes uh, of an interview of uh, one of his, um, one of his wrestlers going to go against the WWF champion Pedro Morales. Mm-hmm. This is an incredible exercise in non-scripted interviews. Right now, let's go to the captain
3: Luis Albano. Okay, hey, this is Bill after Once again, we're speaking here with Lou Albano, the manager of Champions. How are you, Lou?
0: How are you, Bill? Uh, I'd like to tell you a little something about Moondog, Maine. As you know, this is my discovery. I've had this man under contract for some two and a half years. Lou, why,
3: why Moondog? Well, what, as what's as that name Well, I said, mean?
0: I was on a camping trip up to the woods of Oregon, in Crabtree, Oregon, and I found this man howling with the male wolf at a full moon, and I looked at him. I saw the man was inhuman. I realized his capabilities. I realized he was the next world champion. As you know, I've made a study of astronomy. I know the stars, the moon formations. I know the exact moment, the time that man was born, the moment of his birth. I am able to determine his future. This was the right time, so I brought him in, knowing that he would beat Pedro Morales and would have a new world champion. Do you understand what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I do. You You're say that. Look at me with a stupid look on your face. What is?
3: It? You say that Lonnie Maine's going to be the it's new not world champion. It's Lonnie heavy Main. Ma- never mind, moon, Dog. Dog. moon Dog. Moon Dog. Man. Man. Have
0: you seen a man in training? Uh, no, I haven't. Did you see him eat goldfish? How does he train? Did you see him dra- uh,
3: shut up, I'm talking. Oh, Did you sorry. see him eat glass? Yes, Did we Did you have. see him
0: eat razor blades? Mm-hmm. Well, imagine what he'll do to the heart of Pedro Morales. Well,
3: how does this man train for a match? Beside eating man goldfish? Trains,
0: and- as I said, he does over seven miles of road work a day, eats nine pounds of raw fish, Road work, raw fish, training, up and down trees, climbing, wood chopping and many other ways that I wish not discuss at this time.
3: All right, now why does he eat raw fish? What could be in this and for as anybody? As you know,
0: if you had any brains, raw fish is a high source of protein content. And by eating nine to 10 pounds of raw fish a day, plus drinking a quart of calf's blood, he's able to maintain his
3: protein content. What you about, understand? What about glass, Lou? That doesn't have any protein. This
0: is only a means of training. He uses this in case he has an opponent in trouble. He'll go right ahead and he'll level a bite the vein, the large vein in the neck, and tear it right up.
3: Yeah, a lot of the fans have been saying that uh, Lonnie Mane is crazier than Luke I Graham. I said
0: Moondog
3: Mane. Moondog Man, I'm sorry about that. Is crazier than Luke Graham, who I you managed like before. I don't
0: compare any of my champions, and my champion is not crazy. If you say vicious, if you say tough, If you say the toughest man in the world today, then I'll have to agree with you. If you say unbeatable, if you say great, if you say fierce, if you say 285 pounds of power, speed, agility, dynamite, then you're right.
3: What does he carry? This stick that he carries with That's him. That's
0: none of your business. That's a special token of my esteem to him. It's something special that we have between us. Something that I personally chopped out of the swamp woods of Georgia for him. And this is his lucky charm.
3: Okay, fine. Now a few weeks ago on uh, the TV program, we noticed that uh, you were at ringside uh, helping Lonnie Mayne win Don't his match. Don't say helping
0: because I not man need help. I'm only there as a technical advisor. I'm only there to point out. Different weaknesses as an opponent. I don't help him. And another thing, do you know why I'm really there? Why is to that to stop him from killing opponents. To stop this man from being bought
3: Has he ever killed an opponent when he I before don't he has not say anything
0: m- about that now at another time I may talk to you about it.
3: Okay, fine. Now, finally your uh, if <coughs> anything happens with Pedro Morales if he doesn't win the belt on a disqualification or something like that. Well, let me gonna... tell you
0: this. I stated before that if the moon were full, I would not be responsible for the actions of Moondog Man. And he's
3: like a werewolf in that way?
0: Never mind a werewolf, never mind a werewolf. I said I wouldn't be responsible with a full moon. Well, it's a lucky thing for Pedro Morales that tonight is not a full moon. But never mind the moon, he's still going to destroy, humiliate, beat, bloody, and humble Pedro Morales. And I made a promise about having Morales carried out of the garden in Madison Square Garden and stuff down a sewer. And I'm personally going to be there to shove his body down a sewer on 33rd and 7th Avenue. And if you want to watch, be outside at 11
3: o'clock tonight. Okay, Bill Aptor with Lou Albano and Moondog Maine. That was
1: it, brother, the captain. So quite that was great. Yeah, yeah. What, what
2: year was that from?
1: Uh, early 70s, probably 71 or 72. Wow. When, you know, well, let's see. When Pedro was champion, we'll have to Google
2: okay. that. And uh, after chatters, please let us know if you like this and you would like more of this on uh, more of these classic interviews. These The After Chat Classics are yeah, uh, brought to and, you by Bill Apter. And I um, can promise I guess this you, was brought to you by Rock and Wrestling right, Podcast, but, but still.
1: But I'd keep in mind now, these interviews, beside the uh, New York area of like Lou Albano, Pedro Morelli, mm-hmm. Bruno San Martino- um, I have interviews with Roddy Piper, uh, Ernie the Cat Lad, Mm -hmm. Jack Briscoe, a a lot of – so if you after-chatters want to hear more of these, I even have one with nature boy Buddy Rogers. Wow. Yeah, his whole life story, and uh, we're not going to do long after-chat classic interviews on Mm -hmm. here, just some teasers because we may have something coming uh, down the line where you people might be able to actually purchase – a, uh, a yeah. CD. We're working on something I classic think classic after chats. Yeah,
2: if we can pull this off, uh I think I'm going to be the first one in line to to buy this.
1: Oh, you you don't have to buy it. I know you well enough. I'll give you a copy. Oh, well thank you. Right. I You're welcome. That. Josh, I want to uh point out once again that I want to send thanks out to all our sponsors and especially the one sponsor that's been with us since episode 1. Yeah. And that's Blue Chew. And it's such a really a valuable and great product, and uh, we want you, chatters to listen to what Josh is going to say right now. And please take his word, and and I approve of all of this, and patronize our sponsor.
2: Yeah, so BlueChew.com, blue like the color blue, is where you want to go if you want to get your hands on the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, which, of course, as we say, is how you know they work. Now, it's really important that you guys understand that this is not just for people with ED, that this is very much for people who everything's working fine down there but you need that extra boost. Sometimes as you get older, and even sometimes just when you're entering into your your 20s and you're you're running around having yourself a great time, you're just exhausted. Sometimes you're going to find yourself wanting to uh, give yourself an extra boost to be at your best, and that is what Blue Chew does for you. One of the other great things about Blue Chew is that you order it online, so there are no doctor's visits, there's no waiting in line at a pharmacy, and there's no awkwardness. It'll come in a discrete package. You don't have to worry about if you live with a roommate or you live with your mom. You don't have to worry about somebody seeing this and going, oh, what's this? What's this here? Uh, so, you know, it's, it's something that you're definitely going to want to look into. You're going to want to try it for absolutely free using the promo code BILL, that's B-I-L-L, absolutely free, you're listening right now, Bill's flipping through a, a magazine with a couple of uh, couple of lookers on there. A
1: couple of babes, it's an old yeah. WOW magazine. Oh wow
2: indeed, and you'll be saying WOW well, when you use Blue Chew by going to BlueChew.com using the promo code BILL, getting your first shipment absolutely free, only paying $5 shipping, And I I don't think you're going to be disappointed. We've had a lot of people telling us how happy they are. I've never heard one person who tried it and did not love it.
1: Bluetooth, things will be looking up. Thank you, Bluetooth, for sponsoring the After Chat. So, looking back on the past nine episodes, the first two episodes were incredible, as was every other After Chat. But the guy that kicked us off, so to say, not literally kicked us off. Yeah, no, we're still here. But kicked off the after chat on the pod waves here was from the yellow and red. It was Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we want to thank Hulk Hogan because he doesn't do a lot of uh, podcasts.
2: But there's one guy who does even less. Really? And who's that? Hollywood Hulk Hogan.
1: I don't think I've ever heard Hollywood Hulk Hogan on a podcast.
2: Well... If the after-chatters haven't heard it either, they're about to.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Hollywood. Hulk Hogan. It's our pleasure today to introduce someone who has never been on the after-chat before. (laughs) Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Brother, we are thrilled to have you here.
4: Man, I can't believe Hollywood finally made it. I'm sure that jump, Hulk Hogan's already been on, but he Hollywood is. Hogan's a whole nother story. Yeah,
2: he, he did is. a couple, but we're, we're super excited to have Hollywood. No, right. Now, I understand,
1: I understand that you have been invited to the uh, Hogan's Beach Shop because you and two members of the NWO are going to reunite, and the public is invited to this reunion.
4: Well, it's October 27th, and it's in Orlando, and uh, we're having a Q and A. Q&A, then we're going to have an autograph signing, and then we're going to have photo ops. So, yeah, Scott and Kevin were hanging out, and we just started talking, and we said, "Man, we just we've never like been in a hair salon like the girls getting in arguments. You know, we've <laughs> never been, we've never we've never sat around in a circle and aired our grievances out." And I said, "Well, I know you guys didn't like me when I first – Got in the NWO, that was quite apparent. But, you know, we got to be friends, but we've never really aired our shorts out in front of everybody. So I think the Q&A could be kind of crazy, you know, because we've we've never done it in 20 years. So so we're going to do that at Mangoes, which is on Sand Lake and International Drive, and then have the Q&A first, and then right across the street at Hogan's Beach Shop, we're going to walk over the street and then do the autograph signing and then photo ops, all the signed stuff later in the day. But it should be a pretty wild day, brother. You know, it should be wild. And they've got the full support of the WWE. Um, Yes, great. great. Yeah, the WWE is in full support, so it's it's a really cool thing. You know, a lot of people were thinking, "Oh, Hogan, you're going to get in trouble for using the NWO," but you know, Vince was very gracious and accommodating, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a new day. Everything's really good.
1: There a possibility that uh, I know several members of uh, DX live in. Florida, is there a possibility that you guys might have to be ready for a run in?
4: <laughs> hey, you know with those clowns they they are so full of it right now they're back they're back up and running you know they're they're regrouping anything's possible from those guys i know I know Sean was in Orlando, so you could expect anything from those guys, yeah, I was gonna say, what do you
2: think? do you think uh the n w o reunion gave them the itch for a dX reunion? great question
4: well, brother, I don't know what their itch is all about, but I had an itch to get. <laughs> My hands on DX a few WrestleManias ago, you know, yeah. when we had that little sting match, that could have been, that could have been crazy to have the, uh, the DX members versus the NWO members. So, you know, we had the itch back Absolutely. then to get in their face. I don't know what they're itching now, but apparently it's not us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so how long has it been since you, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash have seen each other collectively? Have you seen them at any, uh, any events?
4: at all yeah i've ran into them uh in passing you know through airports and and uh, stuff like that really haven't been to any of the comic cons or the wrestle stuff WrestleFest fest or wrestle you know fan fest things with them uh and like i said we've never sat down and done this before you know we may have run into each other three or four years ago but we've never sat down collectively and had an autograph signing or collectively had a a photo op or a and a which to me is the most interesting because you never know what's going to come out of their mouth. When those two guys first came in to WCW and the, the finger thing was going up and they were doing the Wolfpack thing, I really didn't understand what it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what the whole click was because I'd moved on from New York and then the new guys came in and I didn't know what the Wolfpack was. So all of a sudden I said, oh man, here I go, wide open. And I had a bunch of shirts made up called Hulk Hogan's Wolfpack. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so you know that lit them up right from the shoot, man. Because <laughs> it's like, here comes this big old ball headed old timer just taking over our gimmick, stealing the name. Because that was Scott Kevin and Xbox, you know. And, and you know, so I had no idea. You made those shirts when the NWO started, or you
2: had that going on before? The no, NWO? when the,
4: when those two showed up, and I heard the Wolfpack gimmick, I went right out and made some shirts that ran back. The next week, oh, I, head, I said, hey, guys, look what I made. You know, it was Hollywood bull. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, and they are so territorial, uh-huh. it rubbed them off. I know the moment I walked out that door, they had to be just setting up my eyes <laughs> from that point <laughs> forward, but that that was a rough start. That's how we started, and then uh, it took us a while to get to know each other, but I told them, I said, you guys didn't like me at all when you first met me, so I'd love to have I'd love to chew the fat in the Q and A Q&A and hear the real real vibes come out, you know?
1: Yeah. So what what did Hollywood Hogan once he became known and so cool, what did he think about the guy in the red and yellow? What did he think about Hulk Hogan? If somebody said, Hey, Hollywood, look at what Hulk Hogan did, what what would Hollywood Hogan have said about the Hulkster?
4: I would have I would have been living in a mansion 10 times the size of my home right now if the guy with the red and yellow was around for Hollywood, Russell. <laughs> you know, because I had no idea, you know, that baby face and the timing and the way everything was, how how it just made everything fit and run like a fine-tuned machine. I mean, you know, yeah. it's what Piper said, just give me a little ball-headed tan guy. I'll take that a big old 300-pound <laughs> ball-headed tan baby face any day over any of these other guys. You know, now I know what Piper meant. You know, at the time, I didn't mm-hmm. get it, but it just things were just so easy because everything was set up so perfectly for that whole Mania run that as Hollywood Hogan, I would have loved to have Hulk Hogan to work with. Oh, my God.
1: Wait, wait who would have won that match? Oh, the, bro,
4: come on, dude. You know, the heels put the baby faces up, Of course. Hulk <laughs> <Roman laughs> Hogan never puts anybody over. <laughs> Line them up, brother. Like, <laughs> I put them all over that's that's the that's the craziest urban legend. I see it every once in a while on social media. Hulk wouldn't put anybody over. Hulk exercised his creative control. I think it's funny as hell when these smart marks start popping off. Well,
1: <laughs> didn't you have it? Uh, you know the the smart marks, the smart fans all said it was in your contract that you would refuse to do a job for anybody. Yeah.
4: Yes. I had creative control, but I mean I didn't. Of course. You know, I never I was don't even get me started. I didn't even use it until one time and I'm not even going there.
1: I remember you told me one time, long time ago when I did an interview at your house, you said um you you don't shoot the Lone Ranger or Superman, whatever it was. And it's great and it's good that you had some amount of creative control because you have to take care of your character because other than you and Vince back then, who else is gonna do it?
4: Well there were a couple guys that were, you know, back and forth pushing and you know what once i got in in my mind that the most important thing was the money and the miles i finally figured that out which they told me on day day 1 it you
1: told me, me about but that. that but
4: it took me like a few years to figure it out you know it was like man you know it's uh, i get it <laughs> i get it so you
2: you said you won't you you don't want to go into the uh the one time you had to use creative control any hints on who well, that was, I was a ruse
4: the whole, the whole thing that everybody whined about was, oh, he's got creative control. He didn't do a job. The office wanted me to go over. I would go to the guys like the one-man gang or the big boss man or mm-hmm. Piper or Johnston and say, hey, brother, this is what they want. Whether it was three punches, boot, leg drop, or a DQ, i said say, hey, do you mind if, if we do that finish? And at the time, we didn't have agents or anybody that could override me or strict orders from the office right. or anything like that. And I was pretty much out running running muck on my own, and Vince trusted me. But they would tell me what finish they wanted. I would just go to the boys and ask them. Hey, man, do you mind if mm-hmm. I drop a leg? Oh, no problem, brother, no problem. How much time do you need? You know, and it was it was the guys I worked with. I mean, you know, Piper hem-pawed around a little bit and didn't want to do a job, which he never did. We'd do whatever he wanted. It didn't matter. We were over. We had fun, you know. But right. the, yeah. the, the guys were so easy. You know, that whole creative control thing is like, oh, okay, I had creative control. It was just a joke. It was a a card in my back pocket that i never had to use
1: so going back to the nwo now after a while everybody was getting into the nwo so my question to you and i've never asked you this if you could have taken anyone at that time who was not in the nwo and brought them into the nwo from either uh, wcw or wwe who would the like two or three or maybe five guys that you would have handpicked to keep the NWO up to the level of when that thing was so red hot.
4: Well, I mean, I, I didn't have control. I really didn't, you know, I I was deaf, dumb and blind. I don't know what I was thinking, but half the time I really didn't know what was going on because I was working every other week or every I'd work two weeks in a row. Then the third week I'd be off as per the contract I had. So I wasn't there for every TV. So, Things were kind of like running him up, the three original members, three original members until we got like 30 members. I don't know how many we yes, ended up yeah. with the Latino order and all the other guys. I mean, if you could pick and choose, and it was the original three guys, you know, and, and you could pick or choose. I mean, the only the only thing that would really be earth-shaking is you, if you could pick somebody off like a Shawn Michaels from the WWE. Right. You know, or pick somebody off, pick Stone Cold off, you know, from the – from the WWE that one about earth shattering at the time if we could have pulled something off like that you know and Turner had the money Turner had the money to do it too
2: yeah now I've heard Eric Bischoff say on his podcast and other podcasts that he never thought about Shawn Michaels he didn't want Shawn Michaels do you think that that's uh, because when you're saying that I'm thinking where he was at that time in like 97 um he would have been a perfect, of course, with Kevin Nash. Okay. And Scott Hall, he would have been a perfect fit. The whole attitude and everything like that, that was the NWO before it was, you know, quote-unquote attitude era or, or DX. So do you think, I mean, what do you think the reason was why they never reached out? Was it just Hayes under contract? So we're not Oh, I, that I don't right? have
4: a clue, brother. I don't have a clue, you know, why Eric thought that way. I sure don't think that way. Um, hmm. Eric and I have a lot of different opinions about a lot of different things, you know, and... You know, for instance, Jimmy Hart. You know, when he met Jimmy Hart, he wanted to wear Jimmy. Jimmy Harts were all black stuff, not as colorful <laughs> stuff, which I totally disagreed. So we we got a different opinion about a lot of things, and the Shawn Michaels thing would be one of them for sure. Because I Shawn would have been great for the NWO.
1: So uh, Eric Bischoff is going to be one of the hosts of the event in you know, Orlando. He's
4: be there with Conrad, bro, doing his pod- podcast. And yes. he, he's going to get started earlier in the day. You know, I think we start at noon. He'll probably start about eleven thirty or 11. But I think the fans are going to enjoy watching those two work. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Know, people don't understand the podcast, of course, is an elaborate setup. It's a couple guys with a computer and some mics. But I think, I don't know how they're going to wing, ding it, or swing for the fences. But I'd love to see the fans around the table popping off and putting their two cents worth in. It. it could be a lot of fun, you know.
1: Eric Bischoff, uh, what was his... You know, we hear so many rumors. Well, this the whole turning uh, Hulk Hogan into Hollywood. Hulk Hogan came from Eric Bischoff. What, how did this really uh, uh, transpire?
4: No, he no. The the whole me turning heel was Eric was beating on me for a couple months, trying to persuade me. You know, I I'd, I'd been through the whole WWE departure and then the the Turner thing. You know, where I won the belt from Flair, and then all of a sudden the red red and yellow was starting to get a few booze, you know, but I was, I was in a turmoil. I figured, man, this is going to be the greatest thing ever for my career. It's going to ruin it. So I was on the fence about turning heel, but the Hollywood Hogan character, man, that was, that was somebody I wanted to do after WrestleMania, uh, to help me out. Six, the warrior. Yeah. Yeah. You know, six. I, I I went to Vince and said, man, I want to be Triple H, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. I want to turn heel. <laughs> yeah, you were
1: right, the first Triple H. Yeah,
4: And Vince and Vince was going, no, man, you can't turn heel. No, there's no way it won't work. I wanted to, when I walked away from the ring and handed the warrior the belt, looked up to God, handed the warrior the belt, then when I walked away from the ring, if you notice the crowd, a lot of the people were following me walk away. I'd have go, mm-hmm. got halfway around the, down that aisle and turned around and went back, you know. But uh, Whack em. that's what yeah, I want. That's yeah. what I want to do. But you know, Vince had other plans. So, yeah. But no, Eric. Eric was on my ass about you know you need to turn heel. You need to turn heel. Things are watering down with the red and yellow, and I was kind of like not convinced. And then when I saw Scott and Kevin come in, it looked so fresh and it looked so real. You know, it looked like two guys actually jumped ship that were working for the other company. And I said, "Oh boy, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna miss this money train. I'm in, brother."
2: Oh yeah, yeah. You know. And who and, and really who better to be that third man? Eric Bischoff has said that there was gonna that uh, he kinda had Sting in his back pocket if you if you nah, changed sting your mind didn't and didn't want to do heart. it.
4: And sting didn't have it in his heart, brother. I wanted to be evil. I want to be a bad yeah. <laughs> you started off evil, yeah, sting didn't sting don't have it in his heart. He's a nice guy, he's nice to everybody. well
2: there's things like there's that there's that video um people still have it as like a gif file that goes around of that uh that old woman in the front row, oh yeah, kind of swinging at you. do you
4: remember that the The biggest mistake I made that day, you know, I forget my Memphis days. the biggest mm. mistake I made that day was- moving my head back. I should've let, right. I should have <laughs> let her slap the piss out of me and sold the hell out of that pong, <laughs> You know? And I should have uh, went, like been... I, I went back like I was gonna hit her with a belt and had her slap me again and went down again. I, I missed that <laughs> whole spot, man. Every time I see it I how get did mad you, about
1: it. You how did man? you come up with the look of Hollywood Hulk Hogan? Again, this is you know, we're talking NWO tonight, all all based upon this great NWO reunion happening uh, in Orlando. Uh, how did you come up with the look of Hollywood Hulk Hogan?
4: I, you know, I, I you know, big superstar Billy Graham fan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I saw him do the his goatee like like Scott Steiner does, you know? Right. The two tone. Yeah, I saw him hit that yeah. little that little whisker part in the center, like how uh, Scott Steiner has his, you know. And uh, so I, I just went with the whole black beard and the big mustache. I kind of got that look from there, but you know, it's just. I like the black tights and all that stuff was from old Buddy Colt, Florida. You know, I used to. Oh yes, I used to love, oh, yes. I, I used to love yes. old Buddy Colt in Florida. You know, the only thing I didn't do was tape up the thumb and use the thumb as a spike. I, I probably missed missed <laughs> that spot. I should have done that too.
1: We put out a, a tweet for people to uh, uh, tell us what their favorite NWO moment was, and I'd say ninety nine percent of them were about that first night when you came out and laid that light drop. On Randy Savage and then and I still remember this so well and all the garbage people threw in the ring it was totally like the biggest shock I had ever seen in
4: wrestling well the good part about it was man we could run with our promos you didn't have anybody writing promos for you so you could go out there and get rolling and really click on something and go with it you know because when you hit that high gear and you feel you're getting momentum then that's when that creative stuff comes out and you can once you're in that zone, bro, you'd be surprised stuff that'll come out of your mouth. <laughs>
2: now, you had you had mentioned, uh, it, or you in that promo. Referred to yourselves as the New World Order, yeah. and you also referred to yourselves as the, as the New World Organization. Was that just a slip up, or were you kind of trying them both yeah, that, out? Yeah,
4: that was that was a slip. That was a slip up, and you had to bring that crap up. <laughs> then hey, sorry, we, I was going to say that. Willie, hey, Willie, we smart his ass up. Please. Hold on, I, gotta yeah, say it. <laughs> I got fired, it. You're fired. You're fired. You just That's it. Yeah, that was no, that was a screw up, man. I was I was halfway jitterbugging out there. It took me a while to get my my wheels underneath me when I first. Started the promo, I was a little rattled. You can oh, see me, yeah. Picking up the me.
1: crowd was crazy. How could you not be rattled?
4: Yeah, I didn't they know went what out to of expect. Their mind. You know, mm-hmm. when those things, man, the, we those type of things, we just wing it. You know, and that's what was so magic yeah. about it. So that's what you get when you're on. You're on. You know, when you're not, you fall right on your face like the shopmaster. <laughs>
1: yeah. Did you know? Did you know all the time though that the uh, the the whole attitude between you. Hall and Nash, that whole relationship, would just click the way that it did?
4: No, I, did, I didn't, but when I saw how their gimmicks were and how cool they were, I knew the Snidely Whiplash character, you know, that mm-hmm. the Hollywood, you know, would fit in perfectly with those guys. Right, yeah, like they
2: were kind of the muscle. Yeah. By the way, for the people here who don't
1: know what Snidely Whiplash is for the millennials— uh, Google it, but that was the the bad guy on, uh, that was the uh, Dudley Do-Right on the Bullwinkle show.
4: Yeah, he had the black mustache, he'd always twirl, yes. he, had, he had like a yeah. whip, a black whip.
1: So, my other great memory of the NWO wasn't what you guys did a, as a unit, but it was when Hollywood Hogan came out to be the bad guy, I still talk magazine terms there, I don't say heel and baby face, it's terrible, but came out to be the heel in that incredible turnaround against The Rock. I had never seen anything like that because it was supposed to be Rock as, you know, the the sweetheart of the audience there against the evil Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Man, did you expect that kind of reaction, that it would be totally the opposite way?
4: Well, I mean, I, I knew the character was really catching on, you know. I knew the Hollywood character was really catching on, you know, just by the horrible terrible stuff we did and we still got cheered like hitting a rock in the head with a hammer and running over the ambulance. I mean if you don't get booed doing mm-hmm. that there's there's somebody's definitely miscalculated the situation and we did you know and it was I mean I guess Vince likes, Vince likes crazy stuff. I mean so I think when I walked out and probably started getting cheered he was probably smiling you know knowing Vince the way I do he probably was thinking that was cool as hell. And let's see how this goes. Vince likes taking a ride on that Thunderbolt too. You know, he likes to, to yeah. really, really go out there and see what happens. That's what he used to love to do was get out there and just wing it, man, you know, back in the day. So I mean, when I went out and they, and they cheered me like crazy and then I got in the ring and I felt that momentum, you know, I could have, you know, you can easily, you know, do the Scott Holmes, ooh, ooh, ooh you're scaring me and pump somebody out and steal all their their steam and, and flatten them out like, like a flat tire where they're ruined. But that's not my deal, bro. Once I felt that energy, I said, oh, let's roll with this, you know. And uh, it turned out to be great, you know.
1: Oh, it, it was absolutely incredible. And I think it's amazing. It was one of the few times that I ever saw things change in the ring that wasn't even talked about before because The the Rock was, he he turned total heel to the crowd there. And that's the way they reacted to him.
4: Well, it was it was crazy though. But you know, I had like all those. I had a bunch of tools. You know, the whole Hollywood gimmick and mm-hmm. having the you know artistic liberty to steal from Scott and Kevin because we we're all at the NW and we did the same stuff. A lot of the stuff I had to be careful with. You know, like I said, like how Scott Hall will look at you and go ooh with his fingers and twinkle his fingers and it gets it works. And Scott's the perfect guy to do it. If I'd have tried to do that, it might have hurt the match. I didn't want to make right. fun of the rock cause he was getting booed when they booed him. I still looked at the people with the respect for him where a lot of, a lot of baby faces would jump on that bandwagon and try to rub it in. I went the other way with it. And I think that's what kept the match. So booking, you know, the, the, the storyline looked so competitive because, I respected you know, how great The Rock was. It was a lot of fun, man, but I did not expect the reaction.
1: Yeah, I got got goosebumps no. watching that match. I still think of that as one of the highlights of what I've ever seen on pay-per-view.
2: Now, there's, there's always been this rumor that you were either sent home to get your red and yellow or that they were going to send you out to the Real American Music after or before. Can you set the record straight on, was there ever any discussion at WrestleMania of you coming out in the red and yellow or, or the next night or anything like that?
4: It was just, we were uh, coming off the pay-per-view and I, I really don't know the, the final answer to this, but then said, I want you to go back to the red and yellow, you know? And I went, whoa, you know? And I said, I don't have this stuff with me. He goes, oh, we'll send somebody to get it. I said, bro, it's packed away in my home in Florida. You'll never, ever find the right stuff. <laughs> just can't grab a yellow shirt and red tights and a pair of yellow boots. Some of this stuff fits me, some of it doesn't. I'm so weird with my clothes that I keep and save and what fits and what's dirty and what's almost dirty and what's too dirty to wear. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a creature. I have it, you know. So I jumped on the the charter, flew back all the way back that night, grabbed the yellow and flew back all the way back to raw, (laughs) you know. But, yeah, I didn't have the stuff with him. But, yeah, he wanted me to go back to the red you know, and I can't remember now why or what the reason was. What do you think would
1: have happened, though? Do you think the, that the fans would have said, you know, this is great for nostalgia or they'd have wanted Hollywood Hogan back again?
4: I don't know. I, I don't know. I went back. I, you know, I think the NW had a short lifeline there in the WWE. I think we could have really um, ran with it, you know, for whatever reason. You know, the, the lifeline was a lot shorter than I thought it was. But it all turned out good, man. It's all good. But wait, hey, but what, Do you know what, Dave, do you know what's going on on October 27th or did you guys forget? No, this forget. is
1: why we're here today. Oh, why don't you tell NWO us reunion? about that again?
4: October 27th, <laughs> brother, the NWO reunion. Go to HulkHogan.com. That's where to get your tickets to get all your information, brother.
2: So this is airing on uh, October 12th, and that happens to be, I was looking up, seeing, hey, what was around this time in the NWO? And there was a match on Nitro twenty years ago to the day of when this is airing, and it was you teaming with Bret Hart against the Warrior and Sting, Uh, and I just thought that that was while a lot of nobody really looks back on that as as you know the way they would say like you and Goldberg on Nitro, but when you think about did
4: Bret Hart have the belt then you know I don't know yeah I don't remember Um,
2: those were three people that I think you had uh that a lot of people associate with you of course the warrior and then sting uh but Bret Hart was like it was almost like the feud that everybody wanted to happen never quite happened so I was kind of curious why do you think that never
4: happened well we tried I mean we did everything we put the belt on him I put him over I a bunch of times I mean you know, it's just you're in you're in the ring with somebody. And, I mean, I know Brett wasn't in the best physical shape back then. I think he was coming off that stroke or something. I'm not exactly sure what happened. He fell off his bicycle or something. Maybe I got my time frames confused. Yeah, or, that was a little later. I, I can't remember. It's been so long. Ago, but I, I don't – all I know is Brett came in, paid him a ton of money, all smiles, hugs, kisses, the whole thing, put him over, did jobs for him, put the belt on him. I, I don't know what else we could have done. You know, it's just – but yeah. – I mean, I don't know, bro. It's just... <laughs> I, I tap out on that one.
1: <laughs> you know, you know. I do a... Uh, we, last time we had you on, you did your Randy Savage imitation. I can do a Bret Hart imitation.
4: Oh, God, let's, let's hear it. Eh, eh, this, uh, damn That's his good. father. That's, oh, yeah. That's stupid. I can do Bret... All right, but, let me hear Bret. Ask, Tell me how much you love me, Bret. Go ahead,
1: ask me the question.
4: Bret Hart, how much do you love Hulk Hogan? Well, you know, when Hulk Hogan
1: first came here... The tradition of wrestling, chain wrestling, was thrown out as far as I was concerned. Hulk Hogan was a good entertainer. Not bad? Not bad.
4: Not bad. Okay. Not bad. All
1: right. Wait a minute. You did Stu Hart. Can you do Kevin Nash or Scott Hall since no, we're talking NWR? No, you can't even give me a I mean uh, I you, know,
4: know. Guy, you know the guy you know the Chico, the Razor Ramon. I can't <laughs> Yeah, of course Razor Ramon. Yeah.
1: That was actually actually that uh just getting now back to the NWO here, what was your greatest NWO moment that you remember more than anything? Was it that first night?
4: I think what got got it a little crazy was the first night was awesome, but then that night I think it was Knoxville when we had the Hells Angels show up.
3: Oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Turner and standards and practices, and you guys can't do that. And what's wrong with you guys? Are you crazy? And it was just one of those things, you know, we just called a bunch of our buddies up that we knew. And how did we get into something? About I don't know if the red wolf pack split from the white wolf pack. There's been so many twists and turns. I don't know if it was that or not, but they said you guys don't have any backup or something like that. And what do you mean we're doing those stinking backup, man? We got backup. So- <laughs> So we brought the Hells Angels in, and that was a crazy night because we all got warned if anything anything happens to you guys, you know, and anybody gets in any fights, you're, you're, you're in trouble. But the Hells Angels was an incredible night to have them sort of in the wagons.
1: Yeah, I, I got to tell you something. That was uh, when people ask me uh, about memories of being in the wrestling business for such a long time, I always say those Monday Night Wars, once the, the NWO came in, was the most exciting time ever on TV, and I don't think it'll ever be repeated. People just and I was doing this too. Either two TVs are just switching back and forth between that, and couldn't and you never knew who was going to come out of the limousine next for the N.W.O. It
2: was crazy, brother. By the way, Goldberg was champion.
4: Oh, excuse time. me. Hey, I had
2: to look excuse it up. Me? It's not you know. I can't I
4: take too much credit to for it. Who put Goldberg uh, over? Hulk don't do job. Uh, <laughs> I can see right here. <laughs> Hollywood
1: Hulk Hogan. By the way, it, I understand that there's an event in Orlando going on. Could you tell us something October about that?
4: October 27th, brother. Go to HulkHogan.com, damn it. Oh, that was half Hulk, half Zune. Half let me do that. Wait <laughs> let me do that. Well, you know something.
1: All you Hulkamaniacs, man. October 27th, go to HulkHogan.com. What you gonna do when the NWO brother runs wild on you? Not too bad.
4: You guys are pretty cool, man. You guys are. Uh, pretty thank
2: cool. you, thank you so much for doing this and allowing us to keep you here for way too long. All
4: right, you guys have a good night. Thanks for helping me with October 27th. All right, thank you.
2: Bye bye. Hollywood
4: Hulk Hogan
2: brother. Man. That was
1: the, that was my favorite Hulk. I mean, I liked. Hulk Hogan, when Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. first came on the scene. But Hollywood Hulk Hogan and that whole NWO, there was nothing like that.
2: Awesome interview with him, and we can't thank him enough. And and folks, please remember, if you are anywhere in that Orlando area for October 27th, 20, 27th uh, you absolutely do not want to miss the NWO reunion. Hey, yo, Oh.
1: Kevin Nash, and uh, again, go to HulkHogan.com to find out more information about that. So, Josh?
2: Yes, Bill? Do we agree? D-W-A Do we agree?
1: You know what really bothers me? Sometimes I'll go to a uh, a wrestling show, mm-hmm. a WWE show, okay, and I'll sit up in the
2: rafters
1: just to take Do they it know you're there? Um, no, sometimes they don't to be okay. honest with you. Uh, sit up in the you rafters. You mean like the
2: cheap seats, right? Not You're not actually up in the rafters I during the show. I'm at the
1: top of the building. No, no. Okay, no, just am. like in bird's eye view
2: yeah. looking down on the rafters. No, rim. why do
1: you think this is funny?
2: So, are you, I can't tell if you're being serious or not.
1: I am being serious. Sometimes I, I buy a ticket and I hang out.
2: Well, no, Go no. Ahead. Okay, but the rafters up top the last in are you in, in a seat in heaven in a seat you're in an action okay but you're in a like a paid Let's start seat where again. you have a ticket
1: no the rafters we're not talking about sting okay up in the rafters of the building that's what the, i thought, you were talking the, no, I thought you're talking about i you're being serious that you no, just hang no, out no, in the rafters no 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 in okay. a uh that would be pretty cool but i don't like those kind of heights but when I was growing up, the rafters meant like the top of Madison
2: Square Garden. See, I seats. always thought when they say hanging from the rafters. No, I didn't that say That it was hanging. like there were so many people. No, well, I, no, but I'm referencing the rafters. That means they're up in the... Is this the topic? <laughs> Do no, no, we the, agree this on is what about the
1: rafters the, are? This is about the cheap seats. I, okay. I really want to get serious okay. here. Okay? okay. So there's one thing that really bothers me. There are a lot of younger fans, and I'm talking about school-age fans, that sit up there in the rafters. They... They're going there with their parents. They're having a good family night out. Right. And, and they believe what's going on. And I know that because I hear them talking mm-hmm. about, oh, that was really uh, cool that uh, John Cena just uh, beat whoever the opponent was. Right. And invariably, there's a group of older fans that will say, Cena sucks. You know that this is all fake, right? And you can hear them.
2: It's the Let's Go Cena, Cena sucks. Yeah. I think the Let's Go Cena are primarily the people you're talking about uh, who believe and, yeah. uh, you know, they, they are, are fans. But wait, and, I'm, and, I'm,
1: I'm giving you a bad example okay. of, of just saying that it's John Cena. It's any good guy wrestler against any bad guy wrestler, okay? So we're
2: talking, like,
1: the marks fan, versus smart marks. Okay, the the fan, Don't don't knock me off here, the fan okay. that believes, the young fan that believes versus the fan sitting there go like, "Oh, that was a heck of a spot. Oh, that guy just screwed up. Oh, that wasn't supposed to happen." Mm-hmm. So that the believability factor that some of these fans use because they think they're really smart fans to take away the enjoyment of the kids that believe that are up there, you know what I'm talking
2: about. I do. I think I know what you're talking about. So you've gone to wrestling shows, you, uh, yeah, a yeah, yeah, No, of no, you've yeah. you
1: sat at in, at wrestling shows. Yes, in the crowd. And do you think sometimes these fans? We were at All In. Yes. Okay. And there were a lot of people. I was sitting with my son and my mm-hmm. wife, and there were a lot of people just kind of saying, "Oh, that spot was good," or "Oh, he screwed that thing up," and not that uh, I, I just feel that it took away from the enjoyment
2: of even me. Right. So you wanted you wanted man look at look how hard he hit him in the face. Not yeah. oh, It looks like he may have hit him for real. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. So I understand what you're saying. Um. So my take on that is I agree with you. You know. So we do agree. Okay. okay. Um. To an ex- to an extent there. Uh, no, no. No.
1: I I think that people tend to ruin the matches for the people that are sitting there and believing what's going on it's
2: okay so here's what i what i say to that um if these is are they ruining it for other people maybe they are uh, obviously they are if it, yeah, if it yeah. ruined it for you in I've any way it. then yes then yeah. it is um, but do you or anybody else have the right to tell that person who paid their money to go to the show how to enjoy no, professional wrestling? No, absolutely not. So is it, is it that it's wrong, or is it that we just don't like to enjoy it that way?
1: Correct. Okay. You hit it right on. That's exact, yes, correct. Okay. I, I hate somebody like, uh, I guess you could correlate it to somebody hating, you sitting next to somebody and you're loving a movie mm-hmm. and you know this person sitting next to you who you don't is they're fast asleep right they're not enjoying what you're enjoying mm-hmm. I think if you're going to a wrestling show um, similar to a movie you need to suspend belief not look for
2: not look for what's wrong and you know and that's such a weird thing with wrestling because you do have these people who are paying money to come to a show to watch something that they know is predetermined that they know is, is? choreographed. I'm, okay. um, I'm, you know, oh. pulling back the veil here, but right. uh, they know this going into it. Mm-hmm. The, the what, what I'm calling smart marks who want to critique the in ring and, and I think that that's maybe it. They, they, you have some people who come for the story and the storylines and want to uh, believe everything that they're seeing and want to enjoy it, like you said, like a movie. Like a television show, sure, or a play, or something like that—some right. form of entertainment, live mm-hmm. entertainment. You have the other people, who almost look at it like. Have you ever been to uh, a gymnastics tournament? Mm-hmm. Of course, many times. So, how many? How many times? Many times. One of
1: my neighbors. One okay. of my neighbors used to compete. Becky Kaplan, Not that there's Becky wrong Kaplan with it, but...
2: used to compete okay. in gymnastics. Um, so I just wasn't expecting a, okay. a many yeah. times, but no, yeah. that's, that's yeah. great. Um, and I love
1: watching that on uh, during the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay, so that is a gymnastics routine is choreographed. Or sure. if you were to go to uh, any of the, the uh, cheerleader competitions okay. or anything like that. Yeah. I think what we see a lot of the time is these quote-unquote smart marks mm-hmm. will... Focus on wrestling in the way that they would focus on a gymnastics routine or a cheerleading uh, competition or a routine where they're looking at it saying, I know this is choreographed. Uh, Oh, they didn't quite stick that landing. Oh, they ah, could have gotten a better rotation on the flips. I don't
1: don't think that's a good... uh...
2: Uh, the I think that is an amazing comparison. You have the and I want to know why, and I want to know why you don't think that you that's have a good the
1: comparison. wrestling fan who goes there to watch wrestling. They're
2: not thinking that
1: this is so, predetermined. It's choreographed. That's not who I'm talking
2: about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the I'm talking about the the smart marks. I'm talking about the people you're talking about who I ruin it for those. Tra- I think they're just trying to be wise guys. You don't think that they're going at it and that they're looking at pro wrestling as uh, in a different light than. Than the other people, they
1: are. They're going to criticize. They're not going to enjoy it. And, They're and going I think to that's true. What's
2: wrong? And I think that's true. I think there are some people who just want to go there and be negative. That's about the it. fan I'm. That talking I agree about. with. But I think that that same fan, much like how I will say things, and it can sometimes be misconstrued to be disrespectful mm-hmm. or or uh, you know mean or whatever. When I'm just trying to make a point, uh, I think that sometimes these fans. Maybe you're hearing them when they're saying when they're saying something like, uh, "Oh, he blew that spot." How about Would when you, they
1: turn around to the person who's believing this and say, "Hey, you know, this is all fake." I've seen. Yeah, that. well, that's an asshole. Yeah. So okay. that's it. I mean, okay.
2: no, and I, so I think you know, if the segment's called "Do We Agree," then yes, we agree that that's that person just shouldn't be at the show. Absolutely. Um, but I do think that there's, I think I actually made a, a, a great point, if I may say so myself. I think that it was a very interesting point, that there are some wrestling fans who view it in the way that people would view a gymnastics no, tournament. I no, don't, I don't really see that. I... You don't think that there are any wrestling fans that come to a show and they will focus on it and they'll say, I know that all of this is fake and choreographed. But what I'm focused on is how well they're doing these moves.
1: The first match, they're looking at it. And the, that fan, the first or second match, they're looking mm-hmm. at it that way. By the time that third match comes in, I'm hoping they're in this stand. and they've forgotten but, about that, oh, it's choreographed. But
2: you talked about all in. I think that crowd was primarily made up of people. Smart who, fans. Yeah. Smart fans. I agree. Who were looking at it as an athletic... Uh, Event, not a competition, but an athletic event where they were critiquing the athleticism.
4: Uh, I agree. They were, they were critiquing
2: the the choreography of the wrestling. I agree with. I also part don't of that. think that it's mutually exclusive that they need to that. Oh, if you only focus on that, then you can't focus on the story because I think it all in. These were people who very much bought into the stories.
1: When Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. Cody the American Nightmare, won the NWA title from Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. The crowd wasn't looking at it as it was choreographed. Everyone was into that match like this was a big time
2: wrestling match. Now, were they into that match and cheering Cody Rhodes victory because, yay, Cody Rhodes beat Nick Aldis? Yes. Or or is there a possibility that that crowd was cheering as a, A, we respect Cody Rhodes, everything that he's worked hard for in the business putting this entire show on how hard he worked when he left the wwe to build a name for himself outside of the wwe and to stand on his own and create this reputation also we're cheering because we understand what this means to him on a personal level what this would mean to his father uh, we're cheering because we think we're a part of an incredible moment. Is there a chance that all of the fans were cheering for that and at no part of them were they cheering because they thought they, they were buying into him defeating Nick Aldis in, Both. In, a, in a real...
1: Both. Okay. Both. All right? Okay. Yeah. We
2: agree to disagree. I don't know why you get so hostile agree? on this, agree to disagree. Hostile. I think some I don't of the know. things
1: that you're... Well, because my guard is up. I know. Okay? Can we end it there? Okay.
2: So when I was driving over here, I was uh, I had a call to make and I was put on hold.
1: What yeah, yeah, a is segue! A true,
2: this is a true story. And while I was on hold, uh, I started thinking to myself, "Well, all right, this this is obnoxious. This is annoying." Wait, but in this one, air. It, no, it was it was like it would play for a minute and then it would cut out like someone was about to answer and go. Please continue to hold. And then it would play again for a little bit, like just some boring music. How annoying. And I'm driving, and all I'm thinking to myself is like, at least play something interesting, something that I can do. And I thought to myself, okay, this is a perfect opportunity when I get here to the after chat to mention one of our sponsors, Smart Hold. And if I didn't have Smart Hold to talk about. I would not have had any silver lining to this experience.
1: Well, Smart Hold, as you know, was created by a man who's a professional wrestler in the business for quite
2: a while, Mac Davis. Who, by the way... I saw get put through a table on a video on uh, on Facebook the yes, other day. Yes, I did. So too. Uh, Mac, I hope you're feeling better. Uh, good luck in your match coming up. Um,
1: and you still got it.
2: Yeah, and uh, th- and and you know what? While you're doing all of that, you still have the time to create this amazing product called Smart Hold. And I, I really, you know, there are, uh, we believe in all of our products. We, be- you know, whether we've tried it ourselves, whether we've had uh, people that we know and trust, try it and give us an opinion. We believe in our sponsors. This is one that while I was driving listeners, this, I just kept thinking they legitimately need smart hold. And here's what smart hold is. While 70% of callers are placed on hold, many hang up without engagement. You gotta use that as an opportunity to market your business with an effective on-hold marketing plan designed to inform the caller of your hours, your services, or even specials that you might have. That is what Smart Hold is all about. Smart Hold is only $35 a month and there are no contracts. Yeah,
1: see that's great, no contracts. you're not obligated
2: Yeah, you also have unlimited changes so you right. so it's not you know if you have a business where people are gonna be calling frequently where you do have to place them on hold even the best informative message can get tiresome after a absolutely while. so you're gonna want to be able to change that unlimited changes no equipment to purchase however if you do need the equipment that would go along with it
1: yeah it's free Yeah, and by the way, they also have professional voice talent, both male and female.
2: Yes, that's part of their core services that they offer. There's music and messages specifically designed for your business. It keeps you engaged. Yes, unlimited message changes, like I said before, $35 per month, per location, no contracts, no monthly fees. Smart Hold services can go by many names, including message on hold, music on hold, telephone hold messages, on hold marketing, on hold advertising, phone messages on hold, and voice talent but the important thing is no matter what you call it you need to have it again that's $35 a month per location with absolutely no contracts what do you have to lose other than callers with your current on hold go to smart-hold.com again that's smart-hold.com to learn more about smart hold be smart get smart hold well, Bill, that's uh, that's about all she wrote for episode 10. She wrote it? I uh, thought, who is she? I have no response to I that. I stupefied you. You got, you got me. Yes, who is she?
1: We will come up. Ladies and gentlemen, after chatters, Josh said that's all she wrote. Let us know who she is. Who I thought you were think, changing the subject. No, no. From that. Who do you think she is? Where where can they uh, tweet to us they can to tweet, let us know that, who she
2: is? That was a good segue yeah. there yeah. Uh, to let us know who she is who she may be uh, most importantly who she's not and anything else that you want to know you can go on twitter find us at the after chat please go to the after chat.com for merch for bill's book is wrestling fixed i didn't know it was broken josh uh oh, i didn't know my name was in the uh it is now that's fantastic um also at the after you can click on our archives where you will find all 10 of our episodes that we have brought to you, the After Chatters. Uh, well, the archives would be the
1: nine previous episodes. This is the current. Oh, no. This will be archived next week.
2: Oh, no. We make it easy for them. We even put it in the archives. The newest episode appears in the archives. Fantastic. Yes.
1: And now the big news is, you know, the National Wrestling Alliance – Their 70th anniversary celebration is coming up very soon. Next week, this is really special because it's an in-tandem interview that we did with two men who are going to be broadcasting the commentary for the main event where Cody puts up the National Wrestling Alliance World Heavyweight Championship against the guy he beat for it, Nick Aldis. And they will be calling this match... Uh, Again, this is in tandem, and some of the things that they talked about were absolutely amazing.
2: Well, who are they? Jim
1: Cornette, James E. Cornette, and Tony Schiavone.
2: You do not want to miss that interview that uh, really, for the first bit of it, it was almost like they had started their own podcast yeah, just they the two of them us talking to each other yeah, yeah. we had to kind of you know hey guys we're here uh but yeah that was a great interview and that's coming up next week
1: that's right it's coming up next week and again thank you episode number 10 thank you to hollywood hulk hogan brother and don't forget to go to hulk hogan.com to find out all about the NWO reunion
2: yes and most importantly thank you to the after chatters because as Bill mentioned at the beginning of our show here without you we we could not be doing this
1: we'd just be chatting between the two of us yeah
2: which would still be nice you know we'd probably grab a bite to eat Uh, where do you want to go Uh, Chinese
1: no I kind of want uh, pizza Hmm.
2: okay why don't we go to a diner we'll go to a diner
4: we'll go to a diner All right. we'll see you at the diner